What's up, Underground? Hey. <laughs> we were just talking about like a, a new welcome. Like we can't just say welcome back every time, so I thought that'd be a good one. Just hey, guys. <laughs> I can't look at you right now. All right, uh, we're doing. Hi, do- <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back. I'm, I'm an adult. I'm an adult. All right, we are going to do an episode that we haven't done in like two years. We think we're not really sure. I don't. know. We did a whole series on it actually with Rob and last year. And I think it was last year. I thought it was two years ago. Could have been. Anyway, we're. We want to say recycling an episode because we feel like we need to return once again to what is a microchurch? Well, like when we say microchurch, what are we talking about? What do we mean? What do we don't mean? What do we not mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we just kind of sail right past that, but it's cool. Whatever. <laughs> we decided to do this episode again because we feel like maybe there's a lot of people that are listening who didn't want to go all the way back to the beginning, fight through those early episodes where Corey and I were getting to know each other a little bit. and Those are probably the most listened to episodes, though. You think so? Well, if people start from the beginning, or a lot of them are in the missionary pathway. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Should, but I have no numbers to back that up. I guess <laughs> my assumption is because they're in the missionary pathway. Uh, but yes, like I mean, of course people aren't going to go back. I mean, some people will uh, listen two years' worth of episodes. So there is a reality that we're going to keep revisiting themes, topics, because they're like that's what we do. Yeah, another reason is is just for that purpose of refresher. Remember again, why is this important? I mean, there are four gospels that say basically the same thing. So True. And I, I mean, vision casting and training, it's not like we're coming up with new things every day. Right. We're we're reiterating the things that are the pillars, the foundational pillars of movement, and one of those is like at some point you're the body of Christ is walking and the spiritual families that God is that is emerging in our missional context, and so we got to talk about church. What is that? I'm surprised that you didn't call me out for comparing this podcast to the Gospels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clearly, that was your own conviction, you know, coming out just now. All right, but also we're gonna. So, third reason we're gonna do some interviews over the next several weeks with microchurch leaders from the Kansas City Underground. Uh, so, some of the microchurches that have emerged over the last few years, um, some different contexts, so some networks of relationships, some neighborhoods. Uh, did, did you s- spit? No, I, I cleared my throat, but I did it, I did it <laughs> over like, here. What's going on? <laughs> but thanks for calling that out. Yeah, so we're excited about those interviews just to get to uh, share some of the stories of everyday people, um, and we thought a good way to get into this would be to return again to what is a microchurch and why is that important in in our system, our language, the movement that we're doing here. And so everything that we say today, just as a upfront too, is not like, hey, this is concrete across the board, how everybody feels about microchurches everywhere. It's our take on this. It's what we believe for this network for Kansas City. Yeah, or at least what we mean when we say microchurch so not necessarily what we believe we believe it but like (laughs) it's not like you know it's just some relative thing that we grab onto it's like we use that language for a reason and uh and i'm i'm the weird guy i'm even weirder than other weird guys around underground in terms of i'm like okay now that we've got microchurch now let's change it and call it something else (laughs) (laughs) just to keep everyone on their toes and then brian and rob are like no dude that's completely unhelpful it's not okay and uh 
and I get that. And and partly because I remember sitting down with it was either Joe Reed or Seth Bouchelle at some point in one of our podcasts and them saying, like, I'm hesitant whenever I hear some qualifying word and then church. <laughs> like I've got some radar, something's popping off of my radar at that point. Uh, and I and I get that. I have a little bit of that too, because but at the same time it's like what we gotta call things something. Right. And sometimes language of just like helping us think, okay, this, not that is helpful. And so when we talk about microchurch, that's one of the questions that pop up the most. It's like I remember I was I was talking with someone at a, a, a preschool pickup, you know, a couple months ago. And and she's really cool. She's part of a different fellowship in Kansas City. And uh, and she's, she's like, you you do the microchurch stuff, right? I'm like, yeah. Oh, I think she said, I listened to your podcast. Oh. I apologize. Um, but then she says, so what do you mean? Like, what is microchurch? And that's it. She's literally said that to me. And I, and I gave my 30 second spiel. I was like, you know, we talk about microchurches. We're, I mean, we're really talking about spiritual families, but especially in the KC underground, we really lean into out of new disciple making, seeing new spiritual families emerge. And that's what we call microchurch. So that's my, that's my 10 second answer. And they're like, oh, okay. But it definitely sparked uh, in that conversation, I could tell it sparked some things because it wasn't just, "Hey, here's the here's how we describe a program," right? Like, here I'll tell you what a uh, what a small group or a life group is. It's, it was a uh, a little, in some ways, it was more vague, but in other ways, that emphasis on out of disciple making, like that, is it microchurch if it's not out of new disciple making? Of course, right? But that tends to be where we lean into a lot in our training. All right, so let's go back to just biblical uh, foundation. Why are we leaning into this right now for the Kansas City Underground? So answer that, Corey. <laughs> are, you ask, are you asking me? I, I don't know. No, that's good. But that's I'm, good. I'm that's just going to interview question, you today. Right? Yeah, great question. What do you think? <laughs> the reason why. Uh, <laughs> no, let's go. We, we do have some a little bit of just foundation in, in the yep. scripture to set up before we go into our definition, why we landed on that definition, and then what we don't mean by microchurches. Um, I, I think that if we go back, I don't know, maybe 15 years in my story, the first time that I encountered this idea, I didn't use the word microchurch at the time either. It was just beginning to understand the flow of the gospel in the New Testament uh, and how that movement was distinct from my experience with church in the West. Uh, and the the first encounter that I had with it was through somebody describing uh, how the gospel spread from household to household in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And so when we go to the text and we see, you know, this Acts kind of movement and then Paul writing to the different churches, there is certainly an understanding that uh, the, the cities that he's writing to, there's a collective understanding of the family of God in those cities. Uh, but then at a smaller level or a more intimate level, uh, you see that that there were families meeting from household to household. And in Acts, we read that the gospel was moving from household to household. And we look at the end of Romans. Are you going to pronounce all these names now? I don't really want to. <laughs> but do you want me to? No, there's like at least four or five different uh, family households represented. So Paul's writing uh, to the Romans, and he, he, he says, give my greetings to this family or give my greetings to the the believers that are meeting and this home. Uh, give my greetings to, where is it? Um, uh, to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. 
Uh, and so like what scholars would say is you can definitely see in this early part of the church that there are these families of of believers or the, really these families and Jesus begins to inform those families. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the Greek a, word is the oikos. Right. Yeah. So we, we really emphasize, we, we say this often as like, there's no such thing as church planning in the New Testament. And we say that kind of tongue in cheek, but also in a way just to catch people off guard and be like, what? You know, like, isn't that all, all that the expansion of the gospel really is? And we always make the argument, no, it's like we see disciple making going from house to house and network to network, oikos to oikos. And over time, uh, what happens is the church emerges. Right. So the reason why we say emerge instead of planting and really we're not going to die on that hill. If you want to say church planting, we love you. But the whole idea is like that word. uh, When we say the church emerges, what we're seeing is now there's this was this network or this family. And now they're a spiritual family as new disciples, as new people begin to follow Jesus in a network. Well, then where do families and groups of people hang out? Cool. Okay. House church. Great. Micro church. Cool. Church under the bridge, yep, that happens, been there. Church under the tree happens a lot. Church in the park, we got some of those. Church in the coffee shop, definitely a handful of those. Church in the, I mean, seriously, like for us, the the, the location, like we could call all of those something church. Mm-hmm. Park church, coffee shop church, bridge house church. church, bridge church. We could, and there I'm probably sure. probably is a bridge church. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there, actually I've been to different bridge churches. Uh, <laughs> but you know what, the point is not the word and then church. The point is that now we are walking in the rhythms of the family of God. Mm-hmm. We are we are doing what the church does. We are being who the church is. But at some point, you do have to validate, particularly in a world like ours in the Western world, where there's been so, centuries of church that looks like a certain form that's at a building led by professionals. And so then we do sometimes have to make this, okay, we'll have to dig in and have this quote-unquote argument, even if it's not an argument, this discussion for a little while about church. And then that's when we start listing off all these things in the book of Acts in the New Testament, like Acts 2.46, they went from house to house. Acts 5.42, they went from house to house. Acts 8.3, house after house. Acts 10.2, they met in Cornelius's house. Acts 12.12, they're in Mary's house. Acts 16.32, they're at the jailer's house. Acts 16.40, that's you know, still the same story, but then this is Lydia's house. Acts 18.7, uh, 18, they're in Titius Justice's house. Acts 20.20, 20, they went from house to house. Romans 16.5, Priscilla and Aquila's house. First Corinthians 16.9, Priscilla and Aquila's house. Colossians 4.15, Nympha's house, Philemon. Phil, Philemon. Philemon. Philemon, that's, that's funny. That's like, oh, crap, I just got suddenly like nervous. <laughs> uh, one, two, they met in, in his house, right? So that's just, and that's not even talking about the, at the end of Romans when you have all these different house churches represented, that just really quickly, the argument of how church is done, or at least where church is done, is much more in houses. Yeah, it's also important to note that in each of those spots that you just mentioned, again, the word is... Is this Greek word oikos? oikos. oikos yeah. yeah, and and oikos has like when we hear house because our language is limited, we think a structure. Yeah. We we literally think a house. Yeah, and we think it's divided and there's rooms and maybe you have an open concept home and maybe you have a mid-century modern. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. it's like it is more holistic than that. I think it we is. should really dive deep into the different types of you know, architecture. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It, when it says household, it it means, which is what you were arguing for a minute ago, like it's talking about identity. 
not yeah. not physical places. So it, yeah. it means like it is their home. But when it speaks of their household, it's talking about the extended family that gathers there. They weren't they didn't live like like most Westerners live in small nuclear family units. Uh, they really had multi generational. They had slaves. They had uh, <coughs> servants. They had people that married in that were a part of it because the household made up a socioeconomic unit. Yeah. Uh, and and the whole socioeconomic structure of the Greco-Roman world depended on these households interacting with each other in those ways. So it's important in, uh, in, in noting all those passages. Yes, there are physical structures involved, and the church gathered in those spaces, but the church were the people, which we'll get more into. It was like yeah. the actual household that were giving their lives to Jesus in disciple-making, being transformed into his rhythms and his ways, and then making the kingdom of God tangible on earth through those households. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think at that point, if, if we can make just the, the general argument that we just did, is that church is not about the physical place, then what is it about? The people. And then, but what does that mean? Human being. <laughs> well, yeah. Then you then you start getting in the passages. Uh, is that Ephesians? That's um, you know. It's basically we talk about the build the building block, like the the temple that y'all y'all are the temple. Um, we you know First Peter is talking about the you know the building blocks, which is the, the humans. Yeah. You know, like you talk about First uh, Corinthians. The you know we are the temple, the tent. Uh, you know, you think of all the. The church is the, his the, body. Yeah, his body, his bride. Yeah. His, it's like all the analogies. It's like it's actually the humans, <laughs> to your point, of the human beings that actually make up the uh, the quote unquote walls of the church, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's not a physical place. I mean, and and uh, and that's a very New Testament understanding. So that means when the 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 church gathers, like people within and leaders within the big church model will be quick to validate that. It's like you are the church when you gather together with other believers. What we then struggle with is more. Well, who's in charge of those things? Mm-hmm. Like, who has oversight and authority over those things? Like, are we just going to let anyone and their mother go out and, like, be the church? And, like, that's where people get really hung up. So, Brian, like, w- tell me, what do we do with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that sparked some other ideas when you went down into the who is in charge. Because we, we live in a context, again, part of this episode seems to be about where we've landed now is more about it, it's helpful to go back and think through what the New Testament was and do some of the paradigm sh- shifting and realize that we all carry assumptions about what church is. We all step yeah. into the conversation and go, I've experienced it one way and you want me to experience it another way. And I have to think about the shift in my mind from spaces to I am the church, and now if I am or slash we are the church, then there are implications of that. And we have to move from there are those people that lead the church to now we all lead the church, and we have spiritual mothers and fathers and spiritual sons and daughters and spiritual cousins and aunts and uncles. Uh, And so then what does it mean to live as the church, Mm -hmm. as a family? And still lean into lead. Like we're huge in leadership development. It's yeah. not that we don't think there are such things as leaders, but you know, even questioning the the uh, hierarchy. Yeah, the hierarchical. Yeah, and like so that that's the stuff that yeah, we live into. It's really good. A, a story popped in my head when you were talking. Of so we're doing currently this week as this is being recorded, we're doing like a little kids Bible, like a VBS, like a vacation Bible school thing, because now we're fully embedded in the elementary school world. We've got a kid who's going to second. We've got a kid who's going to kindergarten. 
um, and we have another preschool age. So it's been so fun. We we coach teams, we lead events, and all of a sudden we've since we've been working really hard, joyfully working hard. Like these are our friends, these are our people. We suddenly have all these friends in this network, and and it's been cool. Like God's favor even on us relationally. But all that to be said is there's a kid who was on my uh, flag football team that I coached with all these other kids and. It, uh, so we texted them the same like little invite that we texted everyone with a little graphic that said like backyard Bible club, this date to this date, this time to this time and with our address. It, uh, and so he's, he was talking to his mom. He's like, Hey, do you want to go to this? I don't want to, I don't want to talk. I, I'm going to talk about church for a whole hour every all week. <laughs> like that was, this is a second grader. I don't want to talk about church for an hour every week. And they go, it's with coach Corey and Sam. And he goes, Oh, you know, because like mm-hmm. he knows us, we're yeah, friends, yeah. we're fun, we're gonna have a yeah. good time. And then this kid, by the way, has been absolutely loving, just absolutely loving VBS. And and the, and the story is, I mean, yes, there's some carryover, but the whole idea it's like we're we're connecting the dots now with the people mm-hmm. more than a place or a service. Yeah. And that's a small kind of ridiculous example, but you know what I'm talking about. No, there is ridiculous. there there is like a reality of like when we're we're talking about church that meets in our home, the home is not the point. The yeah. point is the the group of people, and then and we're living into these new ways of, and man, when you when you get to a point, when you kind of like say, okay, the architecture is not the point, and then what is? Okay, it's the people. Well, how do we see new churches? Well, how do we see new people groups arise out of new disciple making? See new church families. Well, that's why we emphasize so much living on mission pressing into those networks and then the church side comes up and there's things there's intentional things that we do to step towards the rhythms of worship community and mission but we we definitely press in the hard work of all the mission work first but we got to talk about that we have to have this conversation somewhat regularly just so people understand what we're talking about yeah because like at the end of it too you have this creativity as god's people step into disciple making in so many different contexts Mm -hmm. so many different I would say forms of that of that microchurch expression are going to emerge, and we could yeah. we could just call it like that's cool cool mission work you guys are doing over there, or we could just affirm it as what it is. Exactly, that is the body of Christ in a context, making disciples, living on mission, worshiping together, living in community, living out these one another's. So let's let's hit our definition real quick. Uh, so this is a, like the formal definition that we have in the Kansas City Underground. So there'll be a test on this later. Uh, microchurches are extended spiritual families. And then we say period. And the reason we say period is because, here comes the, the clever lines, is about identity over activity. It's about a people over a place. It's about who you are, not what you do. Now, you meet in places. You have activity. You do things, but it's about the identity before it's about all the activity. Mm. So microchurches are extended spiritual families. And like if we could just embrace just that simple definition, I think we'd see so much more creativity mm. begin to happen. Yeah. Now we flesh that definition out by saying microchurches are extended spiritual families that seek to live an everyday gospel community. They're led by ordinary people and they own the mission of Jesus in a network of relationships. So working backwards, own the mission of Jesus. What is that? We don't mean they go to a soup kitchen and they serve. 
unless that's the context in which they're making disciples. Mm-hmm. That's missional activity, and it's good. It's not, that's not bad. I just want to say, like, the mission of Jesus is disciple-making. Mm. So every microchurch we say in the underground shares the same mission, make disciples. They're all contextually, or the, the, all of those missions of making disciples become contextualized based on the people to whom you've been sent. Yep. So they own the mission of Jesus in that network of relationships. So you'll begin to hear these over the next couple of weeks. Some are neighborhoods, some are networks, some are um, the jail context, some are... I'm trying to yeah, all like, examples. Who all did we invite yeah, to yeah. this? <laughs> but I mean, you're definitely going to see examples from a lot of different yeah. areas or networks just yeah. to give snapshots of some of the things that God's doing. So working back up, they're led by ordinary people. So microchurches don't have paid professionals. They're just, they're people with jobs. Uh, if you remember several weeks back hearing Matt Barnes, who is like leads the Midwest region for Social Security of America or something. Like this is job. People have jobs. Microchurch leaders are just normal people. They're not, like, they haven't been to seminary. Well, I mean, maybe some of I mean, them you have. You can. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to make you more able to lead a microchurch, but you can. They're not paid to lead in <laughs> yes, that way is yeah. what I mean. Uh, they don't have some crazy special skills. They've just, they have the spirit of God, and they wanted to make disciples in that context, and they've become spiritual parents to that network of people. Yeah. Uh, they seek to live an everyday gospel community. We I, This is one that, because I'm nerd out on language and stuff, do you know the difference in everyday and every day? Have I done this with you? you? You've done this on this podcast Have before. I? Okay, well then I won't do it again. But like, I think it's the everyday piece, not the but two But I words. don't really remember, so you should say it again. Well, one is like normal, ordinary, and then one is like it literally happens yeah. every day. But I just want to emphasize the everyday as the normal, ordinary stuff. They seek to live in just ordinary, normal, communal family. Some of them are so, like, close to each other that they literally see each other every day, and it's happening in that way. Um, But for the most part, it's like the everyday, normal, ordinary is a better word in that spot because of, like, the way they live the rhythms of life and when they see each other and how they take care of each other and when they can do those one another's. Um, So that's the definition. I like an, it. An extended spiritual family that seeks to live an everyday gospel community. They're led by ordinary people, and they own the mission of Jesus in a network of relationships. Uh, another example of one that's going on. Um, I'm trying to see how specific. It's always, I will say this. It's hard to tell stories locally because these are real people, and we don't ever want people to feel like, their projects. Yeah. And so it, honestly, it is hard and we, we want to give space. So we have a lot of emerging stories that happen throughout the city, but we don't want to just start telling this. And then someone stumbles upon our podcast and we're like, wait, they're talking about me. Yeah. What? I'm, what? What am I? So it is always interesting. And I'll reference things in our, our emerging microchurch, our microchurch for a lot, but I also don't want to get specific because of the same reason. These are our people and I just don't want them to feel that way. Uh, but, but <laughs> In that, like, I'm just, this VBS thing is on my mind because we're just doing it this week. And it's so fun because the, you know, who's leading this? Everyone in our microchurch. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun. Susan and I are just praising God for, uh, like, man, if, we, if a year ago we'd be thinking about this right now. So that I'm just saying it's an example of uh, now we're owning the mission together mm-hmm. in a network that we've all been called to. 
and it's so cool. Like, and there is a, I, I just think from my perspective, there is kind of a, it feels like we're leveling up, serving alongside together in the same network that God has placed us in. And I just love it. I mean, it's just like so cool to, to see that. And that's happening in different parts of the city. So like, it's like, (laughs) you, you also grow into that definition. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's, it's aspirational and realized. Right. Yeah. And so we, I think that's been a lot of our stories. We're growing into that and, and churches that have been around for a while, the share the hope network we reference all the time. Like there, we're always still trying to grow into all of that definition, you know, and it's still, it's led by ordinary people, right? They're, uh, what's this? Okay. Led by ordinary people. They seek to live an everyday gospel community. Go- everyday gospel community. Of course, every day, not every <laughs> right. day. They own the mission of Jesus in a network of relationships. Yeah, that's what I said. And so like, we're, <laughs> we're still growing into that, even if they've been around for a long time or if you're just beginning. So that's another thing that we really emphasize as we're seeing the church emerge, that uh, it's just like a baby coming out of the womb. Like it is full human. That is a human baby. Is it an adult? No. Is it fully matured? It. I keep saying it. Is he or she fully uh, matured into all that it will be one day? He or she will be one day? No. But is she or he a human? Yes. In the same way, that's how we talk about spiritual families. Like, is it the full expression? If we just read the entire Bible and we just finished that revelation and we can go back and we look at everything that Paul ever wrote to any, every church that was in any form of maturation. And we can take all of those, you know, pluck all of those verses out and say, no, we have to have all of these things before it's a church. Well, then I'm sorry, you're going out of order. That's not what Paul did. Paul is writing to churches after he made disciples, after he traveled, after he came back, after they appointed elders, after he wrote letters to to continue to encourage and equip them. Like, and then we start with step four hundred and twelve when we skip the first four hundred (laughs) and eleven, and we're just saying like, no, start with step one, and we're going to begin to see new disciples, and we're going to see new churches. New churches are baby churches, but they're churches. So we validate that, and then they continue to grow into maturity. And we have a network that's going to coach and encourage you and come alongside you. But, like, let's just stop thinking that that's not church. Yeah. That is church. It was for Paul. It should be for us, too. Yeah, we have these immersives that we run, you know, three, four, five times a year where leaders outside the city come in and hang out with different leaders, and we talk through our systems and structures, people that are dreaming about their city and what they might see and— uh, every time we do this, like Monday night, we meet in a home with microchurch leaders uh, because we want these outside leaders to hear from local people that mm-hmm. are not, quote unquote, on the staff team mm-hmm. uh, so that it's like, oh, yeah, other people talk. Of, there, there are actually other people. You're not just talking about mm-hmm. something. This is actually true. Um <clears throat> But usually we get the request like, hey, can we can we go to a microchurch? And it's like, no. Yeah. No, you can't because yeah. this isn't like we joke. We're like, it's not like a zoo where you can like go peek behind <laughs> the cage and see the animals inside because yeah. these are families and they're normal people living life together. Uh, and if you quote unquote go to a microchurch, what you mean and what you'd see is like, yeah, that's a it's a group of people sharing a meal together and and reading the Bible. Mm. And all that would do is reinforce that 
what you might already believe that a microchurch is a small group. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, no, this is <laughs> like we are affirming that is the fullness of the body of Christ in that mm-hmm. place. They don't have to come somewhere else to mm-hmm. be the church. They just are. Yeah. And and if we perpetuate this idea that Tuesday night between six and eight, when you share a meal and study scripture, is the microchurch, like no, the microchurch gathered then. Yeah. Uh, so I always say you have to be with a microchurch for two weeks to like fully experience all of the rhythms, yeah. all of the life of that group of people. Maybe a month before you'd mm-hmm. see the fullness of it really play out, where you go, man, these people love each other. Mm-hmm. They care for one another. Something unique is happening in this neighborhood. I mean, I just say like for for ours too. Just again, trying to be sensitive to like the people in our community. But we we had a new a new family move in, and you know we literally have known them four days, and they show up to a party where there's thirty something people, mm-hmm. just on the driveway. They walk over. His wife's about to have a baby. And it's like, you know, you can just tell they're like, wow. <laughs> it's like, we're, we were welcomed where, where in. Where are we? <laughs> yeah. And then literally one week later, uh, like we had, so Tuesday night guys are hanging out, right, on the driveway. We're just hanging, doing our thing, talking about how to be uh, better dads and husbands and fathers, humans, whatever. And uh, this, you know, our new neighbor walks over and hangs with us. Great conversation. Just fantastic we just got to hear his story just we all pivoted towards him essentially like hey man just you're welcome here we want to take care of you and your family you're in i hit the mic yes that wasn't me um and then so three days after that they have their baby and we're all on a text stream Mm. just like celebrating him it's two days before Father's Day, you know, oh, we're cool. just like, yeah, that's awesome. And he's sending us pictures, you know, and yeah. I'm like, where else hmm. would you land? And like, no, no one. And within a week, you're willing to like send pictures of your, you're like your first kid yeah. to these people that you barely know. Oh, and I was amazing. like, that's, this yeah. is like a good picture of the kingdom of God breaking right. in and celebrating. Like, this is how we do that one another piece. So I told that long story to say, like, with these church leaders, we still let them, I say let them, we invite them into a home to hear from local microchurch leaders. And we say, hey, look, the microchurches aren't showing up, but these leaders are, and you can ask them questions. But when you ask these questions, don't expect them to go, a microchurch is an extended spiritual family that lives in it. You know, it's like, right. listen for these principles as they tell the story of the disciple making that happened, yeah. of the community that happened that led to the formation of family, the way Jesus began informing that family. You'll hear the principles. And that's what I love about all the normal people that are going after this in Kansas City. It's like, you don't need to memorize that definition. There is no test. Mm-hmm. It's just living into the reality of, of the disciple making that leads to these families. Yeah. Amen. Okay. So I hope that's a, a decent picture. Wait. I got to say one thing. Okay. Cause the last time we did this, um, we've had Rick and Alice on the podcast, so you could go hear their story. We've had case, we had Casey there, so you yeah. could go hear his story. Uh, we had Ryan, we be there. You'll hear his story. And my mom and dad were there. And it was so fun to like, just watch these pastors like weep, mm. laugh, mouths open as they're like <laughs> these are like really normal people getting after it like yeah. they weren't they weren't kidding <laughs> you know? yeah that's cool and so no that's cool because you're right we do protect our microchurch communities from people wanting to come and visit and 
and I always feel bad. Uh, I do too, because it feels like when we're like, yeah, we're we're open and welcoming. No, yeah. you can't actually go. <laughs> yeah, but we just really want to protect, and partly because we don't own these groups. Right, like these aren't uh, small groups of the KC Underground. These are uh, spiritual families in real places where most of the people in those groups probably don't even know what KC Underground is. Yeah. So for us to say, yeah, come on in, and then you're just invading in someone's home. And not that they wouldn't welcome you and say, hi, I'm glad you're here, but it's, it just, there's a disconnect. It's just awkward. Mm-hmm. And so we're not in a place to even tell people, yes, of course. Um, if you're in a relationship with the person who hosts that group at that <laughs> yeah. time, absolutely do your thing. <laughs> Except so, Share the Hope. They're always open. <laughs> share the Hope's always open. We let people come to Share the Hope because that's the nature of that microchurch. Is that's right. Lots that's of people right. in and out. And uh, you, can't, you can't have a story in life. That'll throw people off in the share the hope world. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. always fun too. Uh, so cool. Well, I hope that that does give a little bit of a picture when we're talking about microchurch. We're talking about these extended spiritual families. We're talking about, yes, the rhythms, but we're really leaning into identity. Um, and it's forming together and we're walking in these ways. So uh, microchurch, that's are, what it is. Are you, I feel like you just wrapped up, but I wanted you to go Okay. one other place. Tell me. Um. Before we started, we were talking about just, uh, we said this some, but just the whole starting point is disciple making, but you need a form. Mm. So I just wanted you to hit that piece again, because I, I, yeah. I just think it's so important to like hear, I always say we're not a microchurch movement, and we don't yeah. aim to be, Yeah. but we are a microchurch movement, and we care about them deeply. Yes, we have to both validate a form while saying the form is not the point. Like, that's that constant, and we've said that a lot of times in this podcast, but that's that constant tension that we have, and we live into the principle that we see in disciple-making movements globally, is that if we make new disciples, we'll see new churches. But what we found in America is that it's not always that simple, because we're so individualized. And we can, and we our disciple making is such an individualized um, practice. Like making disciples in America means one-on-one coffee shop dates, and well, then okay, we can do that, but we'll not actually form new churches. So would right. you know? What I mean? So what we mean is like we want to see groups of people become disciples, and then we will see new churches. Okay, then we have the conversation of validating what is church, what is not church. But we first have to lean into the concept of mission gospel planting and seeing new groups of people come to Jesus together. Yeah. Church. And that's the tension that I just wanted to hit real quick. Cause like for, for those of you listening that are like the people that are here in Kansas city that we love so much and we want to give our lives for you to help you be effective. Like if there's any pressure on you, that's like, oh, I hadn't seen this happen yet. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not meeting in my house on Sunday mornings yeah. or on Thursday night or what it's like, that's okay. Yeah. You know, like there are seasons where it just won't happen. Yeah. And you're fine because the point is not another meeting. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. <laughs> and, the, and it will take a while for most of us. Yeah. I mean, maybe uncomfortably long. Yeah. Like if you're really embedding yourself into the world that God has called you, other times when we're catalysts on the outside sparking things and what we see a lot globally, like that can be a faster story. Uh, but like it, it will take steadfast endurance. I'm just telling you, it will. But the other side of the tension, apart from it's not a meeting, that's not the point, is we still need to aim for that. Because like you said, the point was great, like, quote, unquote, disciple making one-on-one in a coffee shop is like, is it? Because you can't see it modeled. 
I meet with you once a week for an hour and we read some scripture and we talk about how to be obedient. But like, unless I can see it modeled the way Jesus modeled it for his people and see it demonstrated in your life and then be able to debrief how it went. It's like, that's why families are important. And the everyday quote unquote, every day gospel community is important too, because of the uh, piece of, I can see disciple making lived out. We can talk about where it's been hard. I can mature in a family. I can't mature on my own. I can't try hard enough to do that. And ironically, you could go to a quote-unquote church for years and years and years, and you'd be mostly alone in your disciple-making because you haven't walked in those rhythms, and you haven't, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to go negative, but you know what I mean? You can yeah. sit you can sit in a pew yeah. for decades and miss it, mm-hmm. uh, and, but you can be a, in an everyday community for three weeks. You can be in a family and feel it. And feel it and see it in a way that you never could before, so... Yeah, I mean, I hope that I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I just wanted to That's good. kind of yeah. pull that back around to relieve yeah. some pressure. If you're going, I feel like a failure because I hadn't seen it happen yet. Like it's about disciple making, letting Jesus see the form emerge when, like, through the power of the Spirit, He sees that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then don't think that you've just arrived. <laughs> yep. Then it's about the family maturing together and moving forward and seeing new spiritual sons and daughters raised up. Yeah. And you keep the principles the same. You know, we're, we're surrendering to Jesus, we're walking in obedience, and, uh, and we're going to replicate that. But there is a, a lot of leadership development that happens, walking alongside people um, and th- doing the things that you get to do in family. So, yeah, I hope that as uh, that'll provide a little bit of just... Um, Answers to the question, what do we mean by microchurch? Obviously not exhaustive. We didn't dive deep into what leadership looks like or elders or, uh, but we have touched on that in, in past. You, you can kind of search through. Yeah. And we're, we're, we will actually come back around to elders very soon to do some podcasts around that. So, yeah. but yeah, it's a good setup. We're looking forward to these stories. Uh, so all those people I emailed, if you're listening to this, email me back. <laughs> that, that was it. I felt like a weird ending. I felt mean. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City, and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.